Welcome to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives. I'm your host, Kevin Green. Today, we have industry experts with the insights and perspectives on the latest cybersecurity news that affects your agency and organization. Today, we have Justine Bone, CEO at MedSec. Good day, Justine. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Kevin. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. I think we have a, a interesting conversation lined up around medical device security today. Yes, yeah, well, we've got a lot of um, challenges in the space, but of course with that comes some opportunity to uh, create more resilient technologies, so we're, we're keeping busy at this end. Justine, I was recently preparing for a talk I was giving, and I came across your information, MedSec, uh, and it was an issue involving St. Jude, and I wanted to kind of amplify that a little bit here. St. Jude filed a lawsuit against MedSec regarding reported vulnerabilities that were found and one of their medical devices, part of your research you were doing. The question I want to know from you is, what is it? What is the net effect of this research, and how do you think it impacts the customer, the end user? Sure, yeah. Well, this is a very unusual uh, scenario where um, rather than uh, taking responsibility for a set of security issues and technology, the manufacturer did indeed um, turn around and initiate a lawsuit against us, uh, basically accusing us of lying about the existence of these vulnerabilities. Um, it's, it's unusual, but I can't say we were completely surprised um, because St. Jude has had some challenges when it comes to working with, with researchers in the past. At the end of the day, you know, just as an end user, or in this case a patient, um, needs to understand the risks associated with whatever treatment they're receiving. We believe that, you know, patients not only need to be able to trust the technology upon which their treatment and sometimes their lives uh, are dependent, but they also need to understand, you know, the risks associated with their treatment and the technology. So at the end of the day, you know, we've got consumers out there, we've got customers uh, in, in terms of hospitals and healthcare providers, and we've got patients now who at least are able to understand and make more informed choices when it comes to the quality of, of these technologies with, you know, the amplification uh, of the of the Muddy Waters report, we um, we believe that these these technology problems will ultimately be um, addressed and the vulnerabilities will be um, will be fixed. So you brought up Muddy Waters. I wanted to kind of set set the context here. It was reported that MedSec decided not to follow traditional vulnerability disclosure practices and partnered with Muddy Waters to pursue patient safety by revealing this vulnerability publicly. Can you expand on that and share your experiences with that? Yeah, well, well just, just to clarify there, um, MedSec conducted this research and then did indeed partner with Muddy Waters, who produced a research report based upon our technical findings. But if you, if you take a look at that report, it, by intention, did not include detailed vulnerability information. Uh, what the report discussed was the existence of vulnerabilities, uh, attack scenarios um, that were were possible because of the existence of these vulnerabilities, but those details were not included in that report for a reason. At the same time that Muddy Waters produced that research report, MedSec um, entered into a, a dialogue with uh, the FDA and the DHS in order to help compel St. Jude to understand these vulnerabilities and, of course, fix them. So you did indeed share and disclose some information 
not necessarily the details about the vulnerability, but the attack scenarios that may have been associated with their medical devices. Exactly. And that's a really important thing to keep in mind because, you know, we as an industry tend to get very focused on disclosure policy. Uh, and, you know, a lot of folks sort of treat it as this black or white scenario where it's sort of all full disclosure or nothing. Um, there is some middle ground there that is possible. You know, one can talk about the existence of vulnerabilities. One can talk about ways to take advantage of those vulnerabilities or exploit those vulnerabilities. Uh, one can talk about attack scenarios that are possible by linking together or chaining together these vulnerabilities. But you don't have to necessarily go into the full detail of the vulnerabilities in order to talk about those attack scenarios. Justine, speaking of, of these attack scenarios of vulnerabilities, I know you do a lot of research with medical devices, and I wanted to get your opinion on something. Do you think medical device vendors are taking software security and secure software development seriously? Well... We've got, we've got a ways to go, but we're definitely seeing vendors uh, responding, uh, getting less reactive, more proactive, especially when it comes to the manufacturing of new medical devices. You know, in addition to, to a large organization, to a company uh, needing to take responsibility for, for corporate security, company um, technology systems, of course, these manufacturers must also pay attention to product security. So we're seeing the emergence um, of capabilities around product engineering and security associated with that. Now, a lot of companies um, don't have that kind of expertise in-house, um, so they have to have to look externally for that kind of assistance. But the recognition is there, if not completely across the board within within a lot of the space these days. But if you know if you can't build it right, if you can't build a quality solution, then don't build it in the first place. And by the way, you know, security by design, building in security from the beginning is much more cost effective than having to circle back and um, mitigate and address vulnerabilities later after the product has been shipped. Absolutely. It helps reduce the accumulation of technical debt that so many organizations exactly. accumulate over over across over exactly. the life cycle of a project. Yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's, I completely agree. And I tend to look at security as really a symptom of quality. So when you've got a, a high quality solution, along with that comes security. Generally speaking, if it's a low quality technology, you're going to find bugs. And as we all know, and there's bugs, that's a security um, opportunity for those uh, on the offensively minded um, spirit. But you brought up a very interesting point. If organizations are, are being being pressured to develop faster with, with the whole continuous delivery uh, phenomenon that we see, uh, there are going to be shortcuts that, that are taken. And a lot of times, security is sacrificed for, for getting things on schedule or being ahead of schedule. How do you see that shaping out? And what are some concerns that you have regarding that? Agile, you know, first to market, it's good enough, ship it as quickly as possible mentality has concerned me for some time. Um, you know, with the move to the cloud and automation and DevOps, you know, we do introduce some risk sometimes because, you know, we, we haven't really caught up in terms of automation on the security side. That said, however, um, these, these approaches sometimes do help, especially when it comes to managing security, rolling out updates, for example, in an automated fashion, um, you know, maintaining versions and, and maintaining known good images of systems. So there are pros and cons to the whole sort of, you know, DevOps 
phenomenon when it comes to security. But at the end of the day, um, when you've got a, a critical system, such as a medical device, uh, I, I don't think we should be applying the same, you know, engineering methodology that we might do for, you know, an app, for example. I totally agree. I totally agree. And Justine, um, I, I really think there's value in the security research community. I think they play a critical role in helping keep uh, things in front of us and helping and have the potential to help organizations, software development organizations, companies who, who make product, who, who hold mission as software, uh, to help them find and secure their systems. However, there seems to be a, a strain between the security research community and the medical device vendors. Um, one of the things I would like to know from you, how can the relationship between the security research community and medical device vendors be improved to increase medical safety and help ensure security is built in from the start? Yeah, well, you know, I don't think it's it's quite that bad of a situation. I mean, the St. Jude um, situation is, a, is an unusual case. And I think most vendors out there are, are already understand or are beginning to understand that security research is really a necessary ingredient when it comes to creating um, reliable, secure technologies. So I don't think, you know, if I, if I say St. Jude, the situation with St. Jude is, is somewhat unusual. And, you know, we're engaging with manufacturers currently um, to help them with not just legacy technologies, but also emerging technologies. And uh, for the most part, generally speaking, I think that's, that's pretty well understood. Well, that's good to hear because, I, you know, what we're starting to see, like, for instance, uh, with Hack the Pentagon, we start, we're starting to see the research community get more involved in helping organizations, right. federal agencies uh, find security issues in their software so we can create a healthier uh, software world. Absolutely. Justine, I would like to know from you, how do we the research community, government, and vendor community collaborate to improve the security and safety for medical devices. What are some way forwards for that? Yeah, sure. So I think one thing that we need to think about is being careful um, not to be distracted. I mean, for example, we've got this sort of ongoing focus on the topic of vulnerability disclosure. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of healthy debate around vulnerability disclosure policy, but um, I think that that moves our focus away from what really matters. I think what we can all agree on is that, you know, without the manufacturers and the vendors taking responsibility for the quality and the security of their products, nothing's going to improve. So, you know, we can help with that. Customers can help with that. The end users or the patients can help hold, can help hold these vendors um, responsible and accountable. And, of course, the regulators can do the same. I think, um, you know, from the researcher's perspective, we need this sort of holistic approach to, to applying our skills. You know, for example, not just focusing our skills on breaking things and assessing things, but using our talents to help build um, secure technologies and, and involving as many parties in this conversation as possible. Well, you know, I acknowledge that what we work on is very sensitive and there's a limit to how much um, information around, for example, the details of vulnerabilities that should be, should be disclosed publicly. But at the same time, you know, as I say, end users have a, have a right to know, patients have a right to know, um, the healthcare providers, the hospitals where this, a lot of this equipment sits, they have a right to know. And the manufacturers, um, you know, need to be held, held responsible for actually addressing, for acknowledging and addressing these vulnerabilities. 
but you know so we have to be careful to, to think about the big picture here and not just focus on one part of that which is the role of, of researchers when it comes to vulnerability disclosure. Justine, what's next for MedSec in 2017? What can we expect from you? Ah, yeah, well, we're excited. We're, we're keeping very busy. Um, yeah, we're, of course, we're working with uh, with manufacturers uh, on the product side. We're, we're looking at a lot of vulnerability remediation, as you can imagine, and, of course, security architecture, because that's really where our passion is. It's um, helping make sure that you know security is built into these solutions from the ground up. So we're looking at, you know, data storage, for example, data protection, encryption, and of course then we've got authentication solutions. And that's really where we, we differentiate ourselves because we're interested in, in providing the solutions. And that, that applies on the, on the healthcare provider side as well. Um, you know, these, these large hospitals have hundreds of thousands of medical devices inside their environments. Just keeping track of the inventory alone is a huge challenge. And of course, once you know a device exists, uh, and once you've got it into what you consider to be a trustworthy state, you need to monitor that. So things like device integrity monitoring becomes a, a critical function. So we're excited to take our researchers and, and, and apply them to, to those kinds of problems. Justine, it's been great talking to you today. Keep doing the work that you're doing, and hopefully MedSet can help um, bring about the collaboration, uh, the visibility to help medical device vendors improve uh, the safety and the security of these devices that a lot of folks use. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Appreciate it. Well, I think we have to wrap it up here. We want to thank our guest today, Justine Bone. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives on FedScoot Radio with your host, Kevin Green. Until next time, peace.